0: Welcome back, it's Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's White Cane Week, and there are a whole bunch of memoirs that explore the lived experience of living with vision loss. Karen McKay from the Center for Equitable Library Access has a couple of featured selections to point you towards. Karen is the communications manager at SELA. Hey, good morning, Karen, how are you today?
1: Great, thanks. Good morning. Happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday, indeed. Happy Friday, right before I go on vacation. So you're catching me in a particularly good mood. Uh, Karen, let's talk about a few of these memoirs, starting with Now I See You, a memoir by Nicole C. Kerr.
1: So Nicole is a nonfiction uh, professor at Columbia University and at NYU, and she's written this book about losing her sight. So when she's 19 years old, uh, her biggest concern is whether what she's going to major in at school. And then she heads to the doctor's office and she gets a life-changing diagnosis that she's going blind, courtesy of uh, Reginitis pigmentosa, And so she only has about a decade left before she loses her sight. So instead of sort of preparing herself, as the doctor suggests, she sort of takes a carpe diem approach and she goes and lives her best life. She joins a circus school. She tears through a series of boyfriends, she travels the world, she finishes a drama degree at Yale and goes looking for acting jobs in California and New York. And through all of these adventures, she keeps her vision loss a secret. Uh, but then she settles down, she becomes a mother, just a few years of sort of losing her sight completely, and she changes her, her life. She gives up sort of the recklessness in order to relish every moment with her kids, but she's still keeping her vision loss a secret. And then she has a terrible scare where she couldn't find her doctor and she realizes that this This is not safe for her or for her kids and so she starts to ask for help from her friends and from her family and from a state training program and she does this because she knows her kids will be safer so she moves in this moment particularly but throughout the book from denial to acceptance from fear into affirmation that she can live with courage and honesty and a willingness to embrace the challenges that we all face This book is hilarious. It's very, very funny. I'll read you a little quick quote. It says, um, as a rule of thumb, the secretly blind should avoid all activities in which they're required to glue objects onto their faces. This includes fake eyelashes. At best, you'll stick them on asymmetrically. At worst, you'll land them in the middle between your eyes and you'll look like you're being attacked by mutant spiders. I paraphrased it. But anyway, she's hilariously funny. Um, And I think this is a really great book about refusing to sort of cower at life's curveballs, about settling into to life or to love rather to sort of triumph over fear um, and really learning about self-acceptance it's a great great book and it's, it's uh it's very funny so i definitely recommend this one
0: this next one also has a sense of adventure a sense of the world how a blind man became history's greatest traveler by jason roberts
1: So this book I picked for you, uh, this was a national bestseller and a finalist for the National Book Critics Circle Award in the States. It's a biography of a man named James Holman who lived from 1786 to 1857. And we meet him when he's serving as a third lieutenant aboard a Royal Navy ship off the coast of America, North America. Um, His shift is often outside at nighttime and he's, you know, in standing in chilling, bone-chilling weather After several years of service, he develops rheumatism, and then that later leads to his losing his sight in 1811. And then by 1813, he's attending the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, first as a student of literature, and then he switches to medicine. He heads to the south of France and Italy for his health, and he takes with him a walking stick, which is a cane with a metal tip, and he's learned to tap and navigate to himself by the echoing that it makes. So we get to know Holman um, not only personally, but what it was like to lose your sight at that time, and how uh, challenging travel was in generally, but just also with him being blind, there's just this added component. Uh, His best friend and sometimes travel companion is deaf, so the two of them have quite the set of adventures. He funds his travel thanks to a pension from the Navy and publishing his travel writing, which he wrote on a device called a Noctograph, which I had to go look up, Uh, and so we get to see glimpses of his writing in this memoir. Um, he ends up circumnavigating the globe despite a uh, run-in with the Russian Tsar. at the time. He fought the slave trade in Africa. He survived frozen captivity in Siberia. He hunts elephants in Ceylon and helps chart the Australian outback. This man had an incredible life. Uh, and at the end, his travels told no less than a quarter million miles so it's just a phenomenal story to read yeah um but also you know we really get a sense of place and time uh with this book and also just the ability to to go and live a life like what a life he lived really incredible book
0: to travel a quarter of million a quarter of a million miles before the invention of even the steamship engine like that that mm-hmm. is unbelievable unbelievable okay yeah. i can i can see why maybe you picked that one for me um <laughs> all right let's, <clears throat> let's let's switch over to mm-hmm. the beauty of dusk on vision lost and found by frank Bruni.
1: So folks may know Frank Bruni. He was um, a Washington DC journalist uh, from December into May 2002. Um, So he was uh, assigned to George Bush and he covered his campaign and then he wrote a book about George Bush. He's got about 18 books published. Uh, And then one morning in late 2017, he wakes up with some strangely blurred vision. He figures he's just got something in his eye, uh, but it doesn't go away. So he goes to see the doctor and finds out that he's had a rare stroke that's cut off blood to one of his optic nerves. And so he's functionally blind in that eye forever, and he learns that he um, has the possibility of losing his sight altogether. And so this sort of takes him to the point of... um, really rethinking how he's going to live his life. He The journey is both one in medical terms, so he's understanding what's happening to his body, but also a deeper and more spiritual reckoning with where he wants to, to go with his life, what his priorities are, how he wants to live going forward. And he uses not only his own sort of personal reflections, but he reaches into um, his... Circle and he talks to people who've experienced disability of one sort or another and how they go on to live happy lives maybe because of rather than in spite of um, it forcing them to change direction. So it's a really poignant, really probing, quite uplifting book um, about overcoming limits and living the life that we choose. It's really about our ability to change and to emphasize, to be able to treat ourselves and others with kindness and understanding the limits that we all have to to face so a really excellent book this is the most recently published on my list it was uh, published in 2022 so uh, a more recent book
2: Karen,
0: there's not enough time to go into detail of these two self published books that you want to talk about. I'm going to read out the titles here, but then I want you to take sort of 30 seconds to reflect on the significance of self publishing and how that's changing the industry. So, the two books that you wanted to put a spotlight on here are Recollections, Wrecks and Reflections, My Journey from Daylight Through Darkness and Beyond by Edward Legg, and Blind Man's Bluff, a memoir by James Tate Hill. Again, Karen, not enough time to talk about these two titles specifically, but I think the notion of being able to self-publish in the modern literature world is worthy of about 60 seconds of discussion here.
1: So typically we have not included self-published books and works in our collection, but um, as the that sort of uh, technological element has advanced and there's more support for self-published authors the quality of the books has really increased and it's a it's a really excellent way for us to include uh, own stories in in our collection um, there is a, a limited market for stories about people with disabilities uh, from in the publishing world just because it's so cutthroat so this allows us to get some really insightful books into our collection that people can see themselves in and relate to, um, which is really important for us as a specialty library.
0: Authentic storytelling at its core. Hey, Karen, thank you for this. You always present an amazing reading list uh, whenever we chat every two Fridays, and I can't keep up. You fill it up too fast for me. But have yourself a lovely weekend. Talk to you in a couple weeks.
2: Yeah,
1: have a
0: great vacation. Oh, thank you very much, Karen. I will. I'm not going anywhere, staying in Toronto, doing a staycation for the first time in my existence, living in Toronto. Every time I get time off, I get the heck out of here. But uh, next week, going to try to grapple with the city in earnest got uh, plans to maybe go to a Raptors game. The Pacers are in town next Wednesday. You heard Laura Bain talking about Juno nominated Charlotte uh, Carden, the singer who's going to be at Massey Hall next Thursday. So I, I've got some I've got some plans I got some plans from a week off that are going to involve me not just wallowing in misery in my own apartment, which is sort of my default mode. That's all the time there is for the show today. That's all the time there is for the show this week. Alex Smythe filling in for me on Monday. He'll be talking to Marco Pasqua about a new web browser designed with accessibility and the experience of people with disabilities in mind right from the start. The show starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Until then, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun and like you should do every single friday thank the people that put you into a position to succeed and that's what the folks do behind the scenes at this show so let's say it together roll those credits
2: gang host dave brown co-host producer alex Smythe. sports reporter brock richardson Entertainment reporter Laura Bain. Contributors Ramia Muthan, Nisreen Abdelmajid. Senior show producer Andrika Delanerel. Visual producer Bruce Baclarion. Producers Paul Daniel, Marianne Dion Jones, Bob Pagrak. Production assistant Kingsley Juco. DV producer Mark Phoenix. Director Anastasia Spalding Stenhouse. Control room operators Daniel Panamondo, Eliza Rocco, Parker Oxtoby, Caitlin Robinson. Operations Coordinator, Jordan Mulgrave. Manager of Operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of Live Productions, Paula Denine, Director of Content Development, Kara Nye. Vice President of Programming, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. Give us your feedback. 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2024. Accessible Media, Inc. NAMI Original Production.